This is our second session now of Ephesians 4, 7 to 10. And Paul has made a transition from verses 1 to 6, where the emphasis lay so heavily on one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one body, one God and Father. And now he shifts to each one, each one. In other words, the singularity and unity and oneness of the church was heavily stressed, and now he shifts gears to say, and inside that one body, there is thousands of members, there are thousands of members, and each one of those members is receiving grace as a gift from Christ the giver, Christ as Christ's gift according to the measure that he regards as appropriate. So that's a new emphasis. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So a new focus on every single member of the one body of Christ. And then what we want to focus on now is verse 8. Therefore, because that's what Christ is doing, is giving grace, giving grace, according to measure, to each one of us, therefore, it says in Psalm 68, 18. Well, that's really strange. (laughs) Usually you'd say, uh, because it says in Psalm 68, 18, this, therefore this happened, therefore this happened. But he says it the other way around. Because this is what's happening, therefore it's said. Okay, so let's pray and see how verse 8 and the quotation from Psalm 68, 18 works here. Father, this is rich. This is really important. This is your book he's talking about here. How does Paul, your inspired apostle, think about the Psalms and how they were written in relation to what the New Testament was going to bring forth from history and teach us, Lord, about what this ascent and this giving of gifts and this taking captive, what does this mean for us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So here's the implication that I see in the word therefore. This is happening in history, in the New Testament, and therefore God said that. And the implication is, The Old Testament was written in the way it is written because God knew what would happen in the New Testament and brought the writing of the Old Testament into line with it. It's not the other way around. It's not like the Old Testament was written and now we've got to bring the New Testament into line with what the Old Testament wrote. There may be truth in that, but what he says here is God has a plan to give grace through the Messiah, according to measure, to each person in the body of Christ, and therefore Psalm 68, 18 was written the way it was. That's, that's the implication. That's amazing. That should alter the way we approach the Old Testament. We shouldn't be naive and thinking, oh, this is just an ordinary 
book and maybe the New Testament can accord with it in some ways. It is not an ordinary book. It is God's Word, and here's an amazing statement of the fact that the Old Testament was written because God knew and planned that the New Testament would bring this forth. That's the first observation. Here's our next observation. Why would Paul even think of quoting the Psalm 68.8 in relation to this? When he ascended on high, he took captives captive, he gave gifts to men. We'll just stop right there. He's going to interpret here, but we, we need to ask, given what we see in this psalm, why did Paul even think of this verse as a verse that would unpack God's purpose to, through the Christ, give to each one grace? So let's answer that question as best we can. I see four, four things in verse 18 here from Psalm 68 that would trigger Paul's thinking of this act of Christ in giving grace to every member of the body. But let's, let's look at the context. The chariots of God are twice 10,000, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them at Sinai in holiness. You ascended. So this you here is this God here. So my first reason for thinking Paul thinks of Christ here is because in Paul's mind, and we need to get our mind around it, in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ, because in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So my first answer to the question, why does Paul think of Psalm 68, 18, when he's going to talk about Christ ascending and giving gifts to men, is because he thinks of the God of the Old Testament as Christ, And wherever there are other clues, that's going to really wake him up. So what are the other clues? You, God, maybe Christ, he says, maybe I should think of Christ here, ascended on high. And that jars him because God lives on high. If there's any relationship between God and the earth and on high, he's got to come down. He doesn't go up. And yet, that's what it says. He went up. And so, so Paul's awakened here and says, oh, this, this, God has come down to do something, and now he's going up. And that is a type or a, a sign or a pointer to Christ, who came down in the incarnation and then went up in the ascension. So that's my second clue. Here's the third one. You, in ascending, took captives captive. Now, Paul has already said in uh, Ephesians 1 about Christ, God raised him from the dead and seated him. So he went all the way up. He went out of the grave, through the 
universe and is at the right hand of God, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all those things under him. So this is a picture of Christ triumphing over all powers, all demonic powers. Here's the way Peter put it. Christ has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and and powers being subjected to him. He took them captive. He defeated them. Here's Paul again in Colossians 2. God made you alive together with Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to an open shame by triumphing over them in the cross or in Christ. So, when Paul reads Psalm 68, 18, that God and Christ is God, ascended, and thus had to descend in order to ascend in triumph, which reminds him of Christ, and took captives. And that's exactly the way Paul thinks about Christ's victory in the cross and the resurrection, is that he defeated enemies and and made them bow to him and serve him, and his feet are on their neck. That's the third clue. And here's the last one I'll mention. To receive gifts among men. So he ascended triumphant over captives who have booty that now belongs to God, and booty is never called gifts. What is he calling it gifts for? I looked up all these places where that word, that Hebrew word there, which means gifts in the Old Testament, you don't call booty gifts usually. And so that triggers in Paul saying, what? So he's, he's ascended on high. He's got enemies under his feet. And of course, he's receiving booty and spoil. But he calls them gifts among men. Now, that's very ambiguous. What in the world? And Paul, when he reads that, says, okay. The God that I worship doesn't need booty. He doesn't need spoil. Listen to what he says in quoting Job here in Romans. Or who has ever given a gift to him that he might be repaid? Nobody has ever given a gift to God. Why? Because from him are all things. He he owns them already. Through him are all things. To him are all things. To him be glory. God doesn't receive gifts from anybody. So in calling the spoil gifts, Paul says, oh, I see. As soon as he triumphs over all these enemies and has all this spoil, he's going to turn what he receives into gifts among men, that is, to men. And that finishes his awakening of that's 
what he's talking about. He's talking about when he ascended on high, he took captives and he gave gifts. So you can, people stumble over and say, hey, the Old Testament says he took gifts. That's right. That's what it says. But as Paul reasons through theologically what it means for the sovereign God who has no needs and takes no gifts to receive spoil in battle among men, it turns them immediately into gifts for men. And so those are the four clues that I think cause Paul, when he reads Psalm 68, 18, to say that is a beautiful picture of the fact that Christ, who is God, is giving grace, gifts to each one of us as part of the beneficiaries of his triumph over all his enemies whom he has taken captive. Now, next time, we'll see what he does here to explain some of what he's been doing in using Psalm 68, 18 this way.